Welcome to the Digital Week, where Professors Michael Roseman, Marika Wilkowicz, and Monica Bradley explore and make sense of the digital economy in under 15 minutes. Welcome to the Digital Week. Marek, lovely to see you. How are you going? Michael, I'm really good. How about you? How was your week? It was excellent. Actually, I was taken out of my comfort zone and I spoke to roughly 150 ambulance officers. Wow. So what did you tell them? Well, of course, I was looking into what would disrupt them. And our default reaction is we look at emerging business models and ask myself, could an Uber-like business model where everybody provides a sort of ambulance service take off? Oh, wow. Okay. So you clearly took them out of their comfort zone with that. That's right. It was a bit of laughter, but it was also a bit of nervousness in the room. So I showed them a little video from a, from a late night talking show. And it was really about a well, funny way of describing how, how drivers could provide basic parametric services. And, and the, the narrative was that in cities like London, it takes four minutes to get an Uber car, and it takes eight minutes to get an ambulance. And four minutes could make a hell of a difference to life and death. Um, what we, what we, when we stopped uh, laughing, discussed was, is something like that sort of business model a threat or not to the ambulance here in Queensland? Mm. And not every call that, uh, that is made requires a full ambulance with a full crew. So perhaps it is a threat, perhaps it is not. So the question is, how do you tell whether it's a threat? And let's discuss this a little bit. So we see all these new cases, apps, and stories coming up. And under the umbrella of environmental sensing, a lot of organizations um, are now tasked to work out what is just noise and what is a threat. Mm. And roughly you could talk about two types of noise or threat. So there are technology developments where you should basically try to analyze and see whether, you know, this new 3D printing technology can disrupt your business. And then there are consumer threats, which are, or consumer trends, which uh, are more about business models, about new use cases. So the technology is already there, but there's a new way of uh, providing a service or a new way of offering a product to you. For example, the ambulance service I just described, I guess. So, so that's interesting, Marek. So you said we have to observe technology in the making, hmm. and you mentioned 3D printing as an example, and we have to watch kind of changing consumer behavior, uh, new ways of customers and how they're conditioned, uh, literally in the making. Hmm. So there's a lot happening that is not yet on the market. Uh, we, could, uh, we, we should be able to observe what is happening there. We should be able to observe how the, say, technologies that are not yet out there on the market can be impacting the market. Then some of them might already be in the market, but not really adopted by a lot of customers or a lot of businesses and so on. So there's, it sounds like there's a bit of an evolution there, would you say so? That, that is interesting. So, so let's maybe compare a company like, like Planet, with Planet Earth. Mm -hmm. So you need some sort of radar to spot what sort of androids are around you, mm. what might hit you and what um, doesn't hit you. And, and maybe depending on how close this threat to me, there are different, different stages, mm. different, different kind of types of intensity of, of threats. Mm. All right, so let's say, you know, I take my telescope now as a, you know, an airplane who wants to see whether we can survive or not, and then I see this huge rock somewhere out there. What this rock, this rock could be? So this will be in a very far distance, and this is uh, possibly a technology in their making. This is where, where engineers, where corporate or academic researchers are tossing around certain technological experiments, 
Probably we don't have any single user right now. So, so these are typically engineering intensive bio uh, or other uh, tech um, developments where, where something is in the making that's far too early to be consumed. Uh, but look at 3D printing as an example. I mean, probably we'll see a lot of 3D printed Christmas gifts now coming up. But, but more in the distance, of course, is the whole space of, of biofabrication. And uh, while probably people right now don't walk around with, with biofabricated body parts, you could very much imagine it's a question of time until, until this becomes mass-produced. So in your telescope in the far distance, you might see robots, 3D printers, or even driverless cars um, in the making uh, before even the most early adopters will be able to consume them. Mm, 3D printed body parts, far too early to consume them. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we move from this, uh, we, we move to the next stage, right? So again, I take out my telescope and see another rock that is a bit closer to me. Is it the new technology, so maybe new business trends that are already entering the market? Well, I guess your telescope, you would not see technology, you would see the first people on this little rock. Mm. So I've got the very first users who are crawling on that little rock, tossing around certain ideas. These are the typical very early adopters. Mm. So, so Marek, who, who would that be? What sort of products do you think are on that, that rock? So uh, you mentioned Uber at the beginning of the podcast, and uh, to stick with this very popular example, a couple of days ago I read that Uber is now offering a new service in China where you can rent a helicopter or a boat uh, to get from point A to point B. That sounds like uh, you know a, a a piece of rock somewhere in space which has just a few people, and quite possibly it will not even hit the Earth. Right? Probably, yes. I mean, I've seen this in, in cities like Sao Paulo or Mumbai, where taking helicopters is actually becoming quite mainstream. Hmm. So that's interesting. So these are scenarios where uh, what you just described, or the, the first uptake of beacon technologies, where we have got the first gentle uptake. It, it's far before we see any sort of mass uh, consumption, and it's typically anywhere in the world. Um, so I might be based in Sydney, and I can see how Uber in Mumbai or Sao Paulo tosses uh, some ideas through the air. Um, so, so that sort of telescope requires really a telescope that literally monitors the whole planet and try to spot what's happening in other cities that might might probably hit you. Mm. So the closer you get to the Earth on your rock, the closer you get to that sweet spot zone uh, where you know the temperature on your rock might be good enough to support the life and you'll have more and more people, right? So these are the, the more popular technologies or business trends, right? Absolutely. So we could, could use this sort of analogy. So the closer this rock comes to planet Earth, the more it becomes livable, mm. uh, it becomes a disruptor. So if you now move from the second to the third stage, this is really about literally uh, that this threat comes closer to your very own backyard. Mm. Um, let, let me give you an example, um, Hijack. So Hijack in 2011 uh, went to a Guatemala um, shoe shop and, and said the value proposition is if your customers subscribe to that app, we can spot them when they're looking at shoes at um, competitor stores, and at that moment in time, we advertise. Uh, it was actually quite funny because the, the discount um, correlated with seconds. Mm -hmm. So every second that you waited and delayed your decision uh, mm -hmm. was, was a dollar more that you had to pay. Mm. Uh, and the idea was just for one summer to advertise the idea, if I kind of um, attract you away from other shops and you run literally to my shoe shop, you get a massive discount. Oh, wow. So, so this is where the threat becomes 
imminent, right? This is where I can see that something is potentially disrupting. Absolutely, but but this was just far away in a shoe shop in Guatemala. So you see it in your distant telescope. Last uh, week, uh, I met a gentleman who said, this is about to hit a massive new shopping mall in Australia. Same idea. So you can see this rock all of a sudden is, is in your backyard. Mm. And, and what used to be a funny exercise uh, in Guatemala all of a sudden is very close to you. And I wouldn't be surprised if 2016 sees the launch of hijack-like experiences in a number of shopping malls in Australia. Wow. So basically we're learning. And the, the, the rock is almost multiplying now. So there's more of them coming, coming to us. Correct. And they come rapidly closer. Second mm. example, uh, carhood. Um, years ago in America, it was quite uh, common in San Francisco, Boston, and other places to, of course, park your car, park it for free, get it washed, and, and rent it out if possible. As we now, since February 2015, um, that sort of service is available in Melbourne. So this is what, what is often known as Shenzai. The idea of just copying an innovation that occurs somewhere in the world and bring it closer to you. Mm-hmm. So that means for companies, environmental sensing by no means can be restricted to your uh, own borders. Uh, you really, really have to be able to spot this uh, on a global scale. All right. Wow. So with all these rocks, digital economy rocks coming towards the earth, it starts to feel like an Armageddon scenario, right? So, so, so what happens next? Correct. Well, now this is really about just before the impact. So this is really, you don't probably need a telescope anymore. You can look out of the window. Mm. And what you can see is customers who are conditioned to behave differently. Um, example. You're a supermarket, but what you see is customers who, who freely give away their credit card details to companies like Apple or Uber. So the whole question, how do you want to pay, never occurs again. How many months or years will it take until those sort of conditioned customers rock up at Woolworths and Coles and expect that you know how I want to pay? Mm-hmm. So this is really, really the threat that doesn't require a telescope. You see those customers in front of you, and those customers are conditioned um, in a certain way. Mm. And, and you really have to react then very quickly if you still have time left to react. So this is back to the business analogy. This is where the threat is absolutely imminent and I cannot really do much about it. It's almost too late to, to react. Correct, mm. correct. So what, what we suggest here is that companies would treat their company like planet Earth. Mm-hmm. You have different types of telescopes uh, and you see either in the far distance technologies in their making. You see someone in the planet first experiments you see how those solutions come closer to your backyard uh, or you literally out of the window can see a new conditioned customer. And that's what we, what we call the four stages of environmental sensing. So environmental sensing is uh, putting a lot of uh, stress on the organizational structures and, and on the capacity of the organizations. Not a lot of organizations can, can do it full time, right? It's a lot of work, isn't it? Correct. And the problem is that, of course, the closer the threat is to me, uh, the easier it is to identify, uh, but the problem might be it's too late. Mm. Um, and so the capacity to respond, of course, is reduced the closer you are. And what we suggest is improve your capacity to, to identify and, and to respond early on. So environmental sensing truly requires the ability uh, to, to spot trends. Mm. So in that context, Mark, what sort of jobs do you imagine will we see if environmental sensing becomes a, a typical function within an organization? 
Well, clearly we need transporters. We need individuals who will be sent around the world because innovation is coming from anywhere and everywhere. Send them around the world and, and you would require a very specific mindset. As a transporter, you need to be able to have a look at what's happening around you and what some people will see as a curiosity or something unusual. You will likely see it as a potentially new trend that might be disrupting businesses. You need to be able to says the, the risk as well. That sounds like a fun job, like the transporter who trips around the globe. It's like, like a soccer scout, uh, where you just go from city to city and, and spot the next new talent in the making. Uh, in this case, spotting the next threat in the making. And I guess once you have that trend identified, you need people who continuously monitor it. It's Absolutely. like once the Android pops up on your radar, you want to make sure that this Android remains on your radar. Absolutely. Look, it, it sounds like a fun job, but remember that with great fun comes great responsibility. <laughs> well, it's good to combine fun um, and what to say now, no risk, no fun. Yeah? So, Marek, uh, I think environmental sensing now is, is one of those activities that, that a lot of organizations need to invest in. Uh, the idea of, of a radar uh, full of, of threats, but possibly also opportunities, something that we really, really encourage you to do. So let's go, let's talk to some of our global scouts, and I can't wait to, to see you one more time, hopefully before Christmas. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Michael. It was great talking to you today, and have a great holiday period as well. Thanks. Thanks, Marek. Thank you for listening to The Digital Week. For more information, visit our website at www.chairdigitaleconomy.com.au.